Welcome to the Woman Inc. podcast. This is the place for the new generation of women looking to lead the life of their absolute dreams. I'm your host, Jenna Toddy, entrepreneur, life coach, and strategist for modern businesswomen and entrepreneurs. I am a city girl, sriracha lover, and that friend who will hype you up when you forget how powerful you truly are. I am on a mission to make Women Inc. the most powerful network of women who are leveling up, owning what they want, and becoming who they've always wanted to be. Have you ever wondered what it would look like if you went all in on yourself? No turning back. If so, you are in the right place, my girl. Let's get started. Hello, my beautiful Woman Inc. listeners. My guest this week is Seema Bansal, the co-founder of Venus A. Flor, a bespoke rose atelier with a mission to transform the online floral industry. You may know them as the gorgeous boxes filled with real roses that last an entire year and beloved by clients, tastemakers, and celebrities. In 2018, Seema and her co-founder, who also happens to be her husband, were named one of Forbes 30 Under 30 honorees. She has also served as a keynote speaker for the 2018 She Run It Gen Next Awards and most recently received an exclusive invite to be part of Marie Claire's annual Power Trip Summit. In this episode, Seema and I chat about the early days of starting her company with her new boyfriend at the time and how every major step in their entrepreneurial journey unfolded along the way. Seema shares how she stays grounded and in her power in the midst of running a rapidly growing company. I hope you love this episode as much as I loved recording it. As always, meet us in the comment section on Instagram at Woman Inc. Podcast to let us know your favorite part and to show Seema some love. Now, let's get over to my conversation with Seema. Well, hello, Seema. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. So I am a huge fan, just like every other girl I know of Venus at Flor. And I would love to hear your story. I need to just know everything of how you started. You started in 2015, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I started in 2015 with my co-founder is actually my husband but at the time was my really brand new boyfriend. And we were living in two different countries and he sent me flowers on Valentine's Day, you know, like one would. And what I received wasn't what he ordered. Needless to say, he was disappointed with the service, the experience. And of course, you know, like he wasn't there to, you know, celebrate Valentine's Day with me. So I think that that also was one of the biggest factors as to why he was so disappointed. And so we realized there was this gap in the market of what, you know, you saw online and what you were receiving. And we wanted to create a service that was, you know, luxurious, beautiful, and something that you wanted to share with, you know, everybody in your circle. So we created Venus A. Flair. I love this. Okay. So what were you doing at the time for your career? Yeah. So I went to school for marketing um, communications. And before that I was um, 
I thought I wanted to be an interior designer. So I did two semesters at my university and realized that really wasn't what I wanted to do. My family owns plumbing and lighting stores. So I was purchasing you know, the coolest lights and, you know, plumbing products that designers would buy. So I actually had a lot of fun um, at my parents' company, but I also uh, felt like it wasn't the right, you know, career uh, for me forever, at least. So, you know, I, I was doing that. And then in the back of my mind, I always knew that I wanted to start my own thing. I just didn't know what it was going to be. Right. So in this moment, was it like this click or did you guys start talking about, oh, this would be really cool if we could do it a different way? Or how did the conversation go where this became an actual business? Yeah, I think it was just us kind of giving ideas back and forth. Like it would be so cool if it was like this or like that. And I had this idea that needed to be packaged and branded and really like identifiable. Like people would know it's a specific type of floral arrangement. And you never had seen branded flowers, but you see branded everything. So why not create that? And so we knew that that was the main sort of ideal look and feel, but I had like known the name right away. I was like, oh, it needs to be called Venus and Flip. And he was like, what? Like why? And, um, you know, I'm just a huge astrology fanatic and I'm a Taurus. Venus is my ruling planet. I'm really into history. So I loved mythology and in social studies and in history classes. So I just had this like obsession with the goddess Venus and I wanted it to embody everything Venus kind of um, touches and uh, exudes. I love that. I'm very into astrology too. And I'm a Pisces. I feel like Taurus and Pisces do very well together. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a lot of Pisces family members and um, my moon is in Pisces. So, okay. So you had never started a business before, but you come from an entrepreneurial family. Had he started a business before your now husband? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Sunny, you know, dabbed into the entrepreneur space early on. So him and his brother would start, you know, small brands here and there. He co-founded like a a finance company with one of his friends and they had done like an outdoor club. So he had some experience in, you know, the entrepreneurial world. I think I came from the experience of watching my family do it. So I felt like it was like, it was just ingrained in me that it was, I was going to take that next step, whether it was in my family business and do something with them or on my own. It just, it kind of, obviously it came with me creating it on my own, but I think that's where it kind of came from is we both had this inkling that we had to get into entrepreneurship and start our own business and kind of be our own boss and leader. So first of all, it's a new relationship. How did you navigate these beginning stages of building a business and you're getting to know each other as a couple? Was it kind of difficult to bring those two worlds together? Did it flow? Yeah, I think with Sunny and I, we kind of, um, we set up like some rules in place kind of in the beginning. <laughs> um, and it was roles and responsibilities and kind of owning those areas and then, you know, collaborating when needed to, but ultimately the person who owns that role or responsibility would make the final call. So things don't get super sticky. And to be honest, that really worked for us. It still works for us. And then 
a lot of people always ask me like, how did you just go into a business with some guy that you just met? Like he doesn't even live in the same country as you. Like (laughs) what is going on? And I said, you know, it just felt right. Like, I don't know how to say it any simpler. Like we just kind of connected. We had really similar um, upbringing. We had a lot of the same goals and ambitions and we're both very determined people. It just kind of flowed and we knew we were going to be together regardless. And we both had this like desire to start this company. So why not do it together? And it was great because he really understood the operations end of the business side of the world. And I really did understand the brand and, and creative concept um, and like social media and all that sort of fun stuff. So I own that portion. He owned like supply chain operations, fulfillment, all that sort of stuff. And you just ran with it. We just ran with it. Yeah. <laughs> So once you locked down the name and you knew you wanted to do this, what was your first step? If you were to remember back of just, okay, let's get this going. Yeah, I think it was, I have this notebook that I still carry around like to this day. It might not have all the pages from then, but I still have the same concept in my life when I create any product, but I drew what I imagined it to look like. Um, and I really was like inspired by like the hat boxes, Parisian hat boxes. And I really wanted like a filigree around the logo and I wanted it to feel very like ornate and special without losing that modern touch. Because once what's so beautiful about Venus is that everything is very organized looking and it's very clean and you can tell there's beautiful quality there, but we still wanted, I still wanted that like historic touch, that ornateness. So, you know, designed the logo, um, chicken scratched it, of course, and then brought it to a designer who I worked with, um, to concept, the logo concept, the packaging. And, uh, you know, within six weeks I had samples and we just went with it and I kept pivoting, changing things, sizes, you know, playing around with different flowers and, you know, within, I think that was February of 2015 and end of July, I was in New York ready to start Venus. It happened really fast. It's super fast. Mm -hmm. Where did you live at the time? Yeah. So I've been born and raised in Vancouver. So I was living there. I'd met Sunny when I was visiting a friend in New York the year prior and we just kind of stayed in touch and connected. You know, it was funny because I was like, oh yeah, every guy says they're going to come visit a girl, like, you know, (laughs) prove it. And he, he did, he would come and fly out and see me and, you know, really put in that effort. So I knew he he was the one. And then eventually we, it was really tough for him to keep coming to me. And ultimately we knew that the business had to, had to be in New York. And so I made the move. Okay. So you moved to New York and what was the moment where you knew like, this is going to work? Did you have your first big win as something that was tangible that you remember the moment? Well, the whole kind of experience was wild. Like that's the easiest way to put it. I moved to New York. I had this flex apartment. I don't even know if you know what a flex apartment is, but it's a one bedroom that they build a wall and they give you the other like oh, right yeah like a converted studio converted yeah studio <laughs> and so that's what I had it was in a nice building but like I was just like 
what is this? You know, and it was such a small space. And I was running the business out of there for the first three months. So I would make every single arrangement there. And then Sunny would go and deliver it sometimes as far as to like Connecticut or Pennsylvania or uh, Maryland, because if we got an order, we were like, okay, doesn't matter how much this costs the company. Like we're trying to prove a concept. Like if this, if people want this, we have to fulfill the order. We have to figure out a way. And so he would be doing deliveries like all day, basically starting at like 6am. Once I'd finished making the arrangements, writing all the cards, gave it to him. And then he would go and do the delivery. So it was, it was crazy. And then we shifted into a larger space. And then I eventually moved out of that apartment. And then, you know, the business started to have some better flow and actual orders in the New York area. And what we were noticing was that people really wanted And and when we first started the concept, it was mostly city exclusives because we were trying to understand the market. But our main goal was that we were able to ship the flowers anywhere in the world. Because when I was in Canada and he was in New York, he wasn't able to send me flowers. So we wanted to be able to create a service that was global. So we started off, like I said, city exclusive, trying to understand what cities were important to the consumer and where they were willing to, you know, purchase fantasy floor from. And, you know, with that, I think we saw there was a demand. So we started investing into packaging for shipping and testing a bunch of different things. And then, you know, we found our farm in Ecuador for our eternity roses. Like a lot of things happened at the same time. It was just so much craziness. The business was scaling in so many different ways, like from a small apartment to like all these new cities to now like we're going to be a worldwide company within like three months, you know, and everything was just happening fast. And, you know, we didn't even have an example for ourselves. We couldn't find another floral brand that shipped worldwide. So we were the first to do it. At least from what we know, we did all the research, we couldn't find anything. So we went and created all this packaging, worked with engineers. And then, you know, once the Eternity Rose launched, we started getting a lot more recognition. And that following Valentine's Day, two of the biggest celebrities in the world posted Venus organically, which were Khloe Kardashian and Kourtney Kardashian on Instagram. And the crazy thing about that experience was that the website wasn't clickable. Like at that point we were fully sold out. It was Valentine's day, like 4 PM Eastern standard time. And we get these two mega celebrities to post and it just, you know, the business just hit another uh, level. We had so many new followers. We had so many emails coming in calls. Like my team and I were screaming, like it was just so, (laughs) so surreal. I cannot imagine that moment where you look and you see your brand because you hadn't even asked them to do that, right? This was completely organic. So you didn't even have the infrastructure in place to handle that probably yet. No, we did not understand the supply chain of our business at that point. And that was kind of one of the main, um, you know, hurdles we had to get through is understanding how much to order, how much to have on hand and how to project properly. Right. Yeah. I'm sure half of you is like, oh my gosh, this is the goal. This is so exciting. And the other part is like, what are we going to do now? How are we going to handle this? So after that, was it from that moment where you just scaled massively and it took off or did you know about like ups and downs from there? 
Yeah, I think that um, we definitely got the recognition that we needed for a brand at our size at that time. But we went through multiple different hurdles, like we outgrew so many different facilities. So many things happen. (laughs) It's kind of hard to just pinpoint. But of course, that was one of those like pivotal moments for the brand and, and it happened really early on, thankfully. And really blessed that they've been that family in in particular, the Kardashian Jenner family have been so supportive of Venus A. Fleur and continuously use the flowers for special events in their family or gifting. So um, that was great. But, you know, the business went through different sort of ups and downs over the years of trying to understand, you know, how much to buy and also, you know, spacing and all that sort of stuff. Right. So once you start to make this into a worldwide brand and you get the Eternity Rose, how did you first come up with the idea of the Eternity Rose? I know you have this amazing proprietary solution, but I'm just curious about the thought behind it because it's such a good idea and you solved literally the biggest problem in the flower industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think one of the main concerns we were having early on in the business was that we weren't able to ship our flowers successfully without them dying in transit or at least starting to wilt. And that wasn't the experience we wanted our customer to ever have. So the farm that we were working with in Ecuador also had a sector of their farm at the time where they did fresh flowers, just your regular seven to to 10 days sort of roses. They were really beautiful quality flowers. We were buying them directly. So we kind of went to them and just said like, look, the flowers, like, is there a way to like put some sort of like solution in them so we can have them last longer? But by the time they get to us, we just ship or whatever. We were trying to like brainstorm with them. And they were like, well, we actually have this other sector of our farm where we can like basically preserve the flower and make it last as long as up, up to a year without the need of water. And they're explaining this stuff to us. And we're just like, okay, we need to fly to Ecuador. We need to see this. So Sunny and I booked a trip, like I think that day and, and left to, we had to connect from Miami to Ecuador. So we flew into to Miami, had like a eight hour layover. And we were just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be crazy. Then we flew into Ecuador. They took us around the farm. And a lot of people talk about like VC and how they, and like VC capital raising and how they have to like convince these um, venture capitalists to invest in their company. And for us, it was like, we went there and had to convince them to make us their exclusive partner. You know, we're a brand new company. Yeah. We don't even fully understand our concept at the time, but we were so determined and they were their family owned business. They were just super um, supportive. And actually they even said like really, really impressed with kind of what we had to say in our presentation. So, you know, that trip, we signed exclusive rights to the attorney Rose. And I think it was like two or three weeks later, we had our shipment and we started marketing and things just kind of started. Everything moved really quickly. Yeah. With like, I, I think that when I talk about it, I, I remember certain things and they start coming to me because things did really move quickly. And it was just, I don't, I, I don't even know how to put my finger on it, but a really amazing and crazy experience. <laughs> oh, it feels like it was very meant to be like every step seems very protected. Mm. Um, that's really, really 
cool. So now that you and your husband work together and you have this huge brand, how do you personally find balance and time in your day to say, okay, I'm going to separate from work for a little bit and just give myself what I need? Yeah, that's really important to me. I talk about self-care quite a bit and I talk about, you know, uh, time for self-reflection and just, you know, moments to yourself. That's, I think what we're taught in this culture, at least that like, keep working, keep going, like, don't let anyone, you know, jump over what you're working on. It's, but I think that burnout is so real and I've experienced a little bit of it in the past and it's not worth it. (laughs) You can't be creative. You can't be successful at anything you do if you're burnt out or if you're exhausted and you're um, unable to really be there as a person, like fully be there for your team, for, for yourself, for your family. So I, I do a lot with meditation. I actually just took a class the other day for TM. So I'm, yeah. And and I still have like two more days left until I'm fully done the class, but I really love TM and I use the calm app. I love journaling. I journal every day. It's been like the one thing that kind of reminds me of what I need to do in the day and how to separate work and myself in that moment. Like, okay, you have this whole long day, you have a schedule, you have all these things you have to do, all these people that depend on you, but like you still have to get these things done done for yourself. So making sure that those are also prioritized. And I also think that it's really important to disconnect when you can. So I try to do it on weekends where Maybe I just have like a couple of hours and I catch up on my favorite show or it's, it's, it can be so like simple. It's like simple little pleasures that will actually do you so good. It's so true. I think there's this misconception too. When you do what you love all, you don't need that time off because you're doing what you love and you're not at this job that you hate every day. But I have found that for myself and a lot of entrepreneurs I talk to, no matter how much you love what you're doing, it's still, there is work that needs to be done and you still need to disconnect from that to just feel back like yourself again. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's always another goal. There's yeah. always another milestone, you know? And sometimes as founders, like it's something I learned too, and I still kind of have a challenge with is like, we'll hit a milestone and I won't even celebrate it sometimes. I'm just ready for the next thing. And it's like, you know how long it took us to get to this, even if it was a few weeks, it's all the energy you put into something. So I do think it's important that like entrepreneurs celebrate those moments, those little milestones, whether it's an email from a customer, things like that, you should celebrate them because there's always another goal. There's always another milestone that you're going to hit, but you won't appreciate them if you don't appreciate them from the bottom. That is such good advice, even just something simple, like glass of champagne. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally push for that. Like, you know, even during Valentine's day this year, Sunny was like, we need to get some champagne because you know, there's, we just hit this milestone and all of our directors were in the office and we all had little toast and those types of things are important. It's great for your team, but it's just good to remind everyone like, good job. You know, we're going to keep going, but wow, like, let's just be in this moment. Like we did, this thing has been written on, been written on the wall for so long. Look, you, you guys hit it. Like, this is great. So, 
being grateful and, and just celebrating those things is super important. Yes, I love that so much. So speaking of your team, how big is your team? Yeah, so we have a New York, New York, New Jersey location, and then um, LA. And then we have multiple stores now in the US. Um, so I think like 75. Wow. Yeah. Who was your first hire? What position? He started off as graphic design. And then now he's our head of customer service. Okay. That's an important one. Mm -hmm. Um, and then supply chain was one of like the next tires and he's still with us too. So a lot of like the first few folks that we brought in are, you know, have been through this long ride. Like we celebrated five years in August of 2020. And a lot of the folks that, you know, we celebrated that milestone with were there from the get go. That's really amazing. And that's also such a testament to you and to Sunny of just you don't stay five years somewhere that isn't a really great place to work. So having that big of a team and having retail locations and growing from your converted one bedroom studio, how have you become that person that's able to lead that big of a company? Because I can imagine there's the company growth and then your growth as a woman, as a leader, How has that looked for you and how have you been able to evolve personally in this process? It hasn't been a straight line, (laughs) so many ups and downs. And you know what I think the number one thing is like entrepreneurs and and a lot of like founders need to understand that they're not going to be great at every single thing in their company. They need to bring in subject matter experts that can, uh, you know, evolve certain departments And I think that that was something that Sunny and I really did identify is that we, in order to have a great company, we need to bring in some people that can help us in in the areas that we don't really understand. Um, So I think that was like one of the number one sort of tips and also um, the way that that really helped scale the company. Um, And then for myself, I think, you know, I, I made it a huge point, especially around like 2018, 2019 to start taking care of myself, taking better care of myself. I've always been a pretty optimistic, positive person, um, but, and a grateful person. But I think those things really did amplify um, the last few years, just because I've, I've built like a stronger connection with myself. So you got 30 under 30 which is such a huge accomplishment. Do you remember that feeling of when you were awarded that? Yeah, I do. Um, I was in Amsterdam uh, for a flower show and I was sitting at like dinner table and I got the email that you guys have been like accepted or nominated Um, and that, you know, you need to come to New York or, um, you know, I, I think it said like, you're in New York, please, you know, have this day off for the photo shoot and the video shoot. And it was just so surreal. And the craziest thing is that was my first interview ever. (laughs) And it was with Forbes. And I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) no pressure at all. And just, it was so crazy. And, you know, I, I thank Claire O'Connor so much because she like coached me through it, but kept saying like, you know, 
there's, um, you need to remember that you did this, like you created this moment, you and you and Sunny did this. And it was, it was such a great reminder. Like, wow, we, sometimes you just forget, like you're getting these awards and, and ex- exciting moments, but that you built that. And, um, that was really grounding for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you, I feel like when you're running and you're just like, okay, we have to drive to this place. We have to go to Edward. We have to do all of these things just to remember that was me doing that. Mm-hmm. I like a movie sometimes, at least for myself too, when I go back to the beginning. So at this point in your career, what are you most excited about for the future of Venus at Floor? Yeah, I think um, category expansion, Venus A. Fleur has really grown so much. I'm so excited for the future of the company. And yeah, I think there's just so much more that it has to offer beyond flowers. And it's just really, really exciting. And um, I'm excited to tap into that and have our clients kind of view the lifestyle world of Venus A. Fleur. I love it. And <laughs> Final question. This has been amazing and I'm very excited for everyone to hear this, but my final question is what advice would you give to a woman who is just starting her business? I would say, um, yeah, there's so much just ignore the naysayers and keep going because, you know, there's a lot of people in your life that think they're trying to protect you or, you know, may not think you have the the right skills for something, but, you know, you got to keep going. you got to keep pedaling through um, because things always work themselves out. And even if you don't hit out of gold with something that you're doing, you will eventually, but you'll learn something from that. You'll gather the knowledge and that's, the best, you know, advice I can give you is just keep going, ignore people because that's all noise and have your head straight and just keep going and, and, and follow your dreams. Yes. Timo, you are so inspiring. <laughs> I'm so happy to meet you. Where can everyone find you? Of course. Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram. Um, it's Seema Bansal Chata. It's kind of long, but it's name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll link it, but you yeah. can follow me there or you can follow Venus A. Fleur at Venus A. Fleur on Instagram. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode and are feeling so fired up to go out there and create that business or side hustle that's been on your to-do list, you know, a little bit longer than you care to admit. It is never too late to make the first step towards the life you want more than anything else. If you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the show so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep becoming the woman of your wildest dreams.